Hello, everybody, and welcome to Jamie's Conservative Review. I'm Jamie Wyckoff, candidate for the Burke County School Board seat at large. And tonight I've got with me Brad Camp, who's candidate for the western seat, and Reed Beck, who is candidate for the eastern seat. And so we're going to um, pick up where me and Sonia Rocket left off, and we're going to talk about the pornography issue. And for those who has it, who haven't seen the material and you want to see it for yourself, the best place to go see this at is the pavementeducationproject.com. If you click on there, you'll see a tab says location. Scroll down and you'll see Burke County Public Schools, and you can click on that link, and it'll bring up all the excerpts to the books. So um, first question I'm going to ask Brad here is, um, what is your viewpoint on the pornography issue? Yeah, you mentioned those uh uh, the books that Sarah Pavement Education uh, Project dot com. Uh, what it's showing is is the the true books that there are objections to. Um, some people think that that we're object, objecting to any book that has anything that might make someone feel bad, uh, but we're not. This is a very specific thing. We are objecting to books that have explicit sexual graphic sexual descriptions. I mean, truly explicit graphic sexual descriptions, stuff that you would really not expect to read, not expect to see, even as an adult, by and large, and then, and then might be quite shocked to find out that some of those books are still in the, uh, the Burke County School Libraries. So that's the issue for us, is, is graphic obscenity, uh, profuse pornography, and graphic sexual descriptions, those do not belong in books for children to read, and these are children. Anyone under 18 years old uh, is a child. According to the law, it's a child. They are children, and we are going to protect those children from the kinds of um, the things in books that they are not prepared emotionally and maturity in any ways they are not prepared to read. And so that's what uh, we're trying to protect the students from in terms of pornography in the schools. Okay. All right. My name is Reed Beck. Uh, yeah, so with the pornography issue, I, I think that it's simple, right? I think that if it's something that could not be read aloud at a school board meeting, uh, something that could not be read aloud on YouTube, something that couldn't be read aloud on Facebook, then it's probably inappropriate for our children to be reading or hearing and listening to uh, in our schools. I have a problem when we have books in our library that are graphically uh, describing uh, sexual encounters between uh, two males or two females or a student and a teacher. I don't, I don't think that anybody truly believes that, that these are things that should be put in our libraries for our children to, to be reading. I would not be happy if another adult gave that kind of material to one of my children, uh, and I would expect that most people would not be uh, happy as well. And, uh, and truthfully, the number of books, some people have... Uh, one person has written to me saying that, or, or made the claim that we're talking about removing like a huge number of books out of libraries, so the libraries, uh, library stacks will be empty. None of that is slightest bit true. There are just a small percentage, a small amount of books that have such 
uh, gross obscenity and pornography that need to be removed. And by and large, the the district, because of the pressure put on them over the last, uh, between one and two years, the district has seemingly begrudgingly worked on removing many of these books. And they've got most of them removed, finally, but there are still some that still need to be, that still do not belong being read by children. And so some success has been made, but the, the thing that frightens us is that these books have not been removed from the campuses. They've not been gotten rid of. They've been put on hold. And because we fear the integrity of, uh, unfortunately, of the current school board, the uh, fear is that they'll be put on hold until things get quiet, until things quiet down. And then you'll find them in the libraries again. What we believe should happen is the books should be actually removed from the campuses, not just put on hold. And then we know that the children will be uh, protected and we'll know that we can keep pornography out of our schools. So, Brad, I agree with you that some leeway has been made on the books, but I also want to point out that uh, this fight has been being fought since February of last year. And we've had school board members on record say that they do not believe that these books should be in the school. And then whenever it comes to taking them out, they then defended the book. One of the former chairs was quoted by saying that if there is any sexual, sexually explicit material in these books, that, that they don't belong in education. And so then goes on to talk about how the boy toy book isn't that bad. And so I'm hoping that people will follow and going on and see that now that it's election time and they see that people are upset and they're, they're aggravated about it, now these, these books are starting to go away. But we also want, I also want to point out that these books are going away in secrecy uh, because we're being told that, that we're scared for doing the right thing. And so I'm hoping that with the fight that's being fought, that some school board candidates with a backbone will be elected to stand up to do what's right. Uh, Not always popular, but what's right. Now, we had a policy put in place in 2022 that brought up a lot of issues on parents' rights. And um, I know you guys have looked over that policy pretty good. So what's your ideas on what you would do with a uh, new policy if you could do some changes. Yeah, first I would notice uh, the Parents' Bill of Rights, uh, which came from the legislature actually, is, is, a, is a pretty good document. And it says a lot of good things about the parents having a right to examine textbooks and, and, and the rest. There's one thing missing from that that I would like to see the school board have in their policy, and that is that the parents also have the right to review and dispute supplementary material, meaning library books. It gives the parents in the Parents' Bill of Rights a right to review textbooks, but it stops short at mentioning or stating the parents having the right to review supplementary materials, library books. There's a policy under 3200B which talks about examination of books, and it would be a very simple place to put under there, under School Board Policy 3200B, second paragraph to include that parents uh, should be able to have first-hand examination of resources that's also available to parents. 
And that simple statement needs to be put into policy 3200B2. Yes. Yeah, so on the Parents' Bill of Rights, I think that I also agree with Brad um, that that was a very good document that the legislators of North Carolina wrote. I want to point out that our school board wrote a resolution to uh, the state of North Carolina urging them to fulfill their constitutional duties to provide funding for public schools. There was some misinformation that was spread whenever this was done that this Parents' Bill of Rights would be taking money from the schools here in Burke County Public Schools. And that's not at all what this was doing. Um, This was giving the parents the right to choose what school would be the best fit for their child. Uh, we We were coaxed into believing that money was going to be removed when the reality is that the money would just follow the child. And so so the reality is that if the money is following the child, that we don't know that money will be taken from Burke County Public Schools. Uh, it's a big what if. And so I think the way to fix that is making sure that Burke County Public Schools is the best place in Burke County to get an education. If we can provide the best education in Burke County, then we don't have to worry about parents taking their children and putting them in a private school here in Burke County. So uh, that's what I think on the Parents' Bill of Rights. I also think that we should change uh, the rechallenge policy that we have on books. Currently, it is that only if you are a parent of the child in the school that the book is can you challenge the book. And so that's that's not really fair. I think that if you are a taxpayer in Burke County Public Schools, whether you're a grandparent, uh, a brother, a sister, an aunt or uncle, um, you've got skin in the game because your tax dollars are going towards funding this nonsense. And so you should have a right and a say-so in how your tax dollars are being spent and what kind of material are, are, is in the school. Okay, earlier in the school year, and Sonia and I talked about this too, but I want to get you guys' opinion too. The school sent out an email to the parents of high schoolers and gave the parents an opportunity to opt their child in or out of what they defined as mature content. Give me your opinion on what you think about that email and how it went down. Yeah, from what I've heard, that email about opting out of mature content or opting into it the the problem with it was that it did not specify what they meant by that. There were no examples given of what that meant, and so it was left up to the parents' imagination of what that might be, uh, such as if you're watching a, a, a film on the war and you see, uh, unfortunately, death or, or or injuries from a war, you might think, oh, that's that's terrible stuff, or it's okay with me for the children to see that or to read that, and thus I'll opt in that it's okay. But that's not what this was about. This was about uh, gross dis- descriptions of sexual acts, and nowhere in that opt-in, opt-out form was that mentioned with any specific examples at all. So parents really were in the dark as to what that means. And so if we were going to really do that, we should show the graphic descriptions of what it's talking about so that parents really are able to understand what it's what they're opting in or opting out of. So I think the problem, it was maybe well-intended or maybe it was intended just to protect their backsides, but 
the the problem was that the parents had no information on what that meant, and it was just left up to their own imagination. Yes. So when I received the opt-in, opt-out form, I was very shocked. Um, I first received it over a text message and an email, and I seen that it was a Google Docs form. So uh, having a 16-year-old in Burke County Public Schools, the first thing that I done was I forwarded that email in that Google Docs sheet to a family member that lives in a different county to see if they could fill out that form for the child that I have in a different county and not have to provide proof that they were those, that child's parents. So, so, so that's a problem. Uh, there's no way to make sure that the parent who was filling or the person who was filling out this form is the actual guardian or parent of the child. A Google Docs sheet is very informal and for lack of better words, unacceptable. There was no context sent with this form explaining what your child would be reading or seeing or hearing. There was nothing. I talked to some parents, and parents told me that they were thinking that they were going to be watching videos or learning about things from Nazi Germany or, or World War One or all these other things. Um, but in reality, there's these books have things like teachers molesting children in them explicit details on anal and vaginal sex some of them have some of them glorify drug use in them and male and female masturbation these are not things that our children need to learn from reading a graphic book these are things that should be taught in the privacy of a home um, between the child and the parent in the way that the child or in in the way that the parent uh, sees fit to teach their children about it Okay, we'll wrap it up with this question. It'll be the final question for you guys. We hear a lot, and it's even in the policy, about the First Amendment when it comes to explicit materials, specifically pornography. And so what is your viewpoint on the First Amendment being used as a defense for this pornography in school? Yeah, I'll start by speaking to that. There are a couple of places in Policy 3200 where it talks about the First Amendment or subject to the First Amendment. And I assume when they say subject to the First Amendment, that's really all they say about it on that particular sentence. I assume they're talking about the freedom of speech or the freedom then of people to read anything they want to read. That's what I take that to mean. I don't really know. It's They, they leave that rather um, open to interpretation. But children, it's not a First Amendment right for children to read anything they want to read. This is not an issue of the First Amendment. It's an issue of adults' responsible guidance. For uh, children, it starts with their parents' responsible guidance. Parents don't allow their children to read or watch on videos or TV or watch things that are grossly inappropriate. That's what any good uh, responsible parent would do, would be to shield or protect their children from reading that or seeing that. And as children are in schools, the schools then are... uh, supporting the parents in seeing to it that children are not exposed to inappropriate things. It doesn't have anything to do with the First Amendment. It has to do with with protecting and reasonable guidance for adult for for children from the parents and other responsible adults. And so the First Amendment 
it really does not applying in this case. It applies to adults to be able to read and say and uh, within boundaries what they whatever they want, but it is certainly not a right for the children to be able to be exposed to anything they want to. It was never suggested that in the Constitution or anything else in 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 our society that children should be allowed to do anything they want to do, to see anything they want to see, say anything they want to say, any of that. That's It's not a First Amendment issue for those kids as far as I'm concerned. The argument that this is a First Amendment issue is not an argument that I believe holds water. We've seen that the Supreme Court has ruled multiple times that obscenity, especially towards children in schools, is not protected by the First Amendment right. The very first ruling of this was in 1868 in the case Regina versus Hicklin. The Supreme Court ruled that there should be a test um, that was given to decide if these books would be harmful to children. And if they were, then these books were not allowed to be placed in the school. We see that the Supreme Court has ruled on these in different times. In 1957, there was a ruling, and in 1973, there was a ruling saying that uh, obscenity is not protected for our children. But I, I think that this book situation is simple. I think that books talking about sexual acts should not be in our public schools. Children in public schools are at a vulnerable age where they are still developing their understanding of sexuality. Exposing them to explicit sexual content can have a negative impact on their mental and emotional well-being. I believe that parents have the right to determine what their children what their children are exposed to. By introducing books with sexual context in public schools, parents may feel that their rights have been violated. It is important for schools to respect the wishes of the parents and ensure that their children are not exposed to material that they deem inappropriate, that the parents deem inappropriate, not the educators. There are many other ways to educate students about sexuality that does not involve explicit content. Books talking about sexual acts should not be in public schools. It is important to protect the well-being of young students, respect the rights of parents, and provide age-appropriate sex education that focuses on a healthy relationship and safe sex practices. Yeah, I'd like to add one other thing um, that I was wanting to mention earlier and forgot to mention. It's, It's a simple thing. It's it would solve so much of this uh, this problem. The uh, The guidance of the schools is up to the school board. The school board puts that guidance out there in the form of school board policy. And there are school board policies that guide this. In policy 3226 about Internet safety, it says in um, 3226C, access to inappropriate material. It says, very simple statement, to the extent practical technology protection measures will be used to block or filter access to inappropriate information on the internet and World Wide Web. Specifically, blocking will be applied to audio and visual depictions seem, deemed obscene or to, be ch- or to be child pornography or harmful to minors. Student access to other materials that are inappropriate to minors will also be restricted. But they made a very clear, simple, succinct statement about protecting minors, children, from obscene and pornographic material. It's a very simple thing in Policy 3200R to include that very, basically that same statement under 3200R to apply to library books, to library materials. You could simply say... 
Frequent gross profanity and obscenity and graphic descriptions of sexual acts are not appropriate in supplementary materials for students. It would be no different than the policy just stated for the Internet, and that would solve and provide the appropriate guidance for much of this issue that's going on. The one other thing I would say is that when a book is deemed to be uh, obscene or full of obscenity, full of prof profanity, full of pornography, that that book is found to be full of, found to have that and should be removed. It should not just be removed from that campus. It should be removed from every campus. If it is not appropriate to be in a school library, in one high school library, it's not appropriate to be in any high school library in this, in this county. That's not what policy states, but that is what policy should state. And, uh, and so I would look into changing that policy very clearly for that uh, sense that if it's, if it's not appropriate for one high school library, it's not appropriate for any of them. And it's a simple thing to state that in the policy. Brad, I also want to point out that you just said that the guidance to the schools comes from the school boards, but I also want to let people know that we understand that the guidance of the school board comes from the taxpayers and the parents of Burke County. And so I can ensure you um, that if you vote for Jamie Wyckoff, Brad Camp, Sonia Rocket, and myself, Jeffrey Reedbeck, that we understand that we are a school board that works for you, the taxpayers. Uh, so thank you. All right. Thank you both for being here and for giving the voters your position on this issue. And I also appreciate all of y'all that's uh, downloading and listening to these podcasts. Be sure to share it with uh, everybody you can. And thank you and God bless.